Good morning, everybody. My name's Ian Smith. I'm the senior minister here at Billericay Baptist Church. And it's a privilege to bring God's word to you this morning. And this is a special service because uh, this morning we're going to be sharing communion together. So uh, you'll see from the notices uh, it was going to be communion, breaking of the bread, drinking of the wine. So hopefully you've got some ready at home. But if not, uh, go and get some at some point and we'll share that later on. Communion is important. It's a time to remember and reflect uh, what Jesus has done for me and for you. It's a time where by taking the bread, we remember he gave himself for us. He gave his body for us. And it's a time where we drink the wine that we're reminded that we're part of a new covenant. That means a promise of God that we can walk in relationship with him. And the reason we can do that is because we've asked for and received forgiveness. We've been reconciled to God and we've been set free to follow him. And this is where true life is found. And I'd want to appeal to anybody who's watching who doesn't know that, doesn't understand communion, doesn't understand the sacrifice, to get in touch. And we'd love to speak to you about that. Communion is something that we do as Christians where we recognise and remember what Jesus has done. He asked us to do this in remembrance of him. And it's good to remember when somebody, God himself, put laid his life down for you. It is good to remember. And so we've been set free to follow him. And we're going to speak about that a bit this morning before we take communion. That's where true life is found. Jesus said himself, didn't he, in John's gospel, John 10, verse 10. He said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy he said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. See, see there in that one verse, the thief, he's talking about Satan, the devil, the evil in the world, only comes to steal, kill and destroy. It's evil. That's the only reason he's here, is to turn us away from God, get us to deny God, not even choose God for the first time. So if you're not walking with God now, that's the path you're on. Whereas Jesus says, look, I've come to give you life and life in all its fullness. And not just for now, but for eternity. And communion is part of our Christian walk, part of our Christian journey. It's a sacred habit that God himself has given us in our walk with God. And it's a good reminder for us, for all that God has done, all that God has done for you personally. So that whatever happens here and now, good or bad, We can still give thanks and live lives of gratitude for the great sacrifice that's been made on our behalf, your behalf. It's all part of your walk with God. It's not just something we do because our once a month or whatever it is we do it. It's really important. We are pilgrims, all of us, me and you, on this journey of faith. And as we take that journey, communion or the Lord's Supper, Is part of who we are. It's part of our shared identity, our shared history. It's one of the things we do. We celebrate it from time to time. But it's fair to say it's not the only time that we can be close to God. I've realised in my life, my walk with God, my journey, the most important thing, not just for special occasions or special days or special seasons or special events, not just certain times or services, the most important thing is this, of utmost importance, that my journey, and and for your journey as well, is to make sure that walking with God 
is a reality. And that's the title of the sermon. sermon. Walking with God, a reality. That presence of God at all times. It's, I feel like God has spoken to me these past few months about being. And when I say about being, I don't mean just being and doing nothing. I'm mean about being a disciple, doing the things that I know I ought to do. Being a disciple. Disciple means a student. It means Jesus is my teacher. He's my master. I want to do what he wants me to do. It means living out my faith. The Bible nowhere says make converts. And you can have churches full of converts, but Jesus says make disciples and then baptise them. So we want disciples, followers, and we want to be able to say to ourselves that I'm walking with God and that is a reality for me, especially in these troubled times. Now, for those of you who know me, you know that I love motorbikes and I've got a motorbike, I love riding my motorbike and I really, really love it. It gets me away from things, I concentrate on the road and the bike and the way it handles and, and it really takes me away from everything and I find it really therapeutic and relaxing, although you have to keep your concentration high. Now I've told you before, and it got a few laughs, that sometimes, and I've done this recently, as we record this, it's really raining outside, so I'm not riding it today, but sometimes I'll go into my garage, and I literally sit down and just look at it. I marvel at the engineering. I love the bike. It's great. Now, when I do get out on the motorbike, I like to know where I'm going. I don't really like not knowing where I go, but sometimes I just ride out, and I just go off, and I find myself somewhere and I start going through villages which there are many of here in Essex and I find myself probably 50, 60, 70 miles out and I haven't got a clue where I am. I'm now seeing villages and towns that I don't really recognise the names and, and, and the truth is I'm totally lost. Andrea has a great, my wife has a great sense of direction, I don't. Um, I'm useless with directions and so I always make sure I take a sat nav or at least my phone and the good thing about that I can program in home and it brings me back home. might take me around the houses a bit, but it gets me home. The fact is we all need direction in life. Sometimes, if you're anything like me, we wander and we need to refocus and remember as we take communion. But the fact is, if you have no direction in life, then really, if you think about it, you're just fumbling around. Life is passing you by. You're going nowhere in particular, you're just taking one day as it comes, and no real purpose. And I've found in my Christian walk that my purpose, my vision, my direction, my journey, my life, has got to be in walking with God, being a reality in my life, an everyday thing of knowing his presence. That he's not an add-on, he's at the centre. I'm going to read a passage from the Bible, this sacred book of God, journeying with his people. We're going to look at Deuteronomy. It's written around 1400 years BC, mostly by Moses, and it was for the people of God, who were then, that was Israel. And the bit that we're coming into, it's the new generation who are about to enter the promised land. Its purpose is to call those who follow God to have faith and follow him, not like the older generation that went before them, who, because they lacked faith and were disobedient and went astray, they ended up wandering around, going nowhere, and they ended up dying in the desert. They were there for 40 years. They'd left slavery, they'd been rescued from Egypt, but they never entered the promised land. And Moses, where we're picking him up here, he's he's reminded them all of what God has done. He reviews the law and all the commands that God has given. He restates the covenant 
It's like the sat-nav has been reset to come home and not stay lost and wandering. And it's clear what we can learn and apply because of what God has done. He did it for them in those times and he does things for us now. Moses is saying that Israel now has hope and they should follow him. They should know what God expects and they should listen and put it into practice. Because they know who God is, they should love him completely. So now on the east bank of the Jordan River, they listen. Moses has given the history lesson. He's shown what happens when there was disobedience and wandering and God not being acknowledged. He now shows them what's needed. And it's for us today as well. It's for us making walking with God of paramount importance and a reality. This is true direction in life. True direction that we can have life in all its fullness, like Jesus said. I'm going to read just two verses from Deuteronomy 10, uh, 12 to 13. I'm going to read from the NIV and then also the message translation. And now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. The message translation puts it like this. So now, Israel, what do you think God expects from you? Just this. Live in his presence, in holy reverence. Follow the roads he set out for you. Love him. Serve God, your God, with everything you have in you. Obey the commandments and regulations of God that I'm commanding you today. Live a good life. So the first thing there is maybe a word that people don't like hearing. It's fear God. Fear God. Um, it's, not this, it's not this scared and run away from God that he's going to put me in danger. It's more of a reverence for God, a healthy fear of God. God's name, it's fair to say, is taken in vain a lot. I know the series called Friends, if you ever look at that, it seems to me like their favourite saying is, oh my God. Or if you look at uh, sometimes your children's text messages or people that send things to you, OMG, oh my God. In these times that we're looking at here, his name was revered. It wasn't just to be thrown around or mocked. Jesus himself in the prayer he taught his followers said, hallowed be thy name. The New Living Translation puts it, may your name be honoured. God, the name in the Old Testament, Yahweh, a sacred name. The one who said, I am who I am. He is holy. Above all has been the theme of Roger's prayer week for us this week. He is above all things. He is to be honoured, praised and revered. I heard a sermon once um, where someone said, it's all right having God Almighty. We need to remember though, he's God Almighty as well. We have that healthy reverence for God. The Bible says in Romans 8.15 that you have the spirit, the Holy Spirit of adoption. And that means we can call God Abba, Father. The Greek word for adoption is, is a term referring to the full legal standing of an adopted person in Roman culture. So if you're a Christian, if you've put your trust in Christ, you're adopted, you're loved, God is your father. And Abba is an affectionate name. The reason it's still in Romans 8 is because it can't be translated into English. There's not a word. 
it, it, could, it could come, the most affectionate term probably is daddy, but it comes with the respect and the reverence that a father deserves. Roger uh, Grimes mentioned in his prayer video earlier in the week that it helps him to look at the stars in the sky. You get a dark night, I can totally relate to this, and, and I, I love doing it. You get a dark night, and if the light's uh, not so uh, uh, heavy from, from where you're standing, you'll see gradually the stars come out, millions of them, in the end. And if you really get one of those nights, it is amazing to contemplate God. And you know, as a human race, we send space probes that have to travel at fantastic speeds, and for years and years, just to reach one or two of them. And the Bible simply says, with just one line, that God put those stars where they are. He flung the stars into space. So when things aren't going the way you planned or difficulties hit, I know how that feels, it's so powerful to still honour God despite the circumstances, to still worship, possibly through gritted teeth, to still say, Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I trust in you alone. You're honouring his name. And as Christians, we need to honour God's name. For us, since these passages were written, we know that Christ, Jesus Christ, came on this earth. And we can speak this about Jesus as well in a song that we sing uh, frequently. The heavens are roaring. We're talking about God. This one, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. May your name be honoured. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory. You have no rival, you have no equal. Now forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. His name is to be honoured by Christians because he is awesome. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, and he's everywhere. And that's who you're praying to when you say, along with Jesus, our Father. Don't, don't forget how awesome he is. His name is to be honoured. Secondly, this passage tells us, uh, verse 12, to walk in his ways, in verse 13, to observe the Lord's command and decrees I am giving you. This is part, again, walking with God as a reality is to really honour his name. As in my life, I want to honour his name. In my speech, I want to honour his name. In my walk, I want to honour his name. To other people, I want to honour his name. And as I honour his name, as I'm, as I'm looking to walk with God as a reality in my life, I want to walk in his ways to observe the Lord's command and decrees I'm giving you. When I was younger, I had about, for secondary school, I had about a two-mile walk uh, to school. And it wasn't too bad. I didn't really think about it. Um, the last bit, coming home, if you think about it, I had about 10, 11 people I used to walk home with. And, and I think I was the furthest away because they'd gradually scoot off or maybe they just didn't like me and left me on my own. But the last bit was a walk and it's about another half mile. And I remember my friends had gone and because you're talking to them, the time goes pretty quick. You don't really realise the two miles that you're covering. But the last bit, I'd look, I'd look down King Edward Avenue and think, oh, that's a long road till I get to my road. Um, and at the beginning, I'd go, oh, here we go. But I remember, well, just keep walking. You've walked the one and a half miles. Just be walking one foot in front of the other in the right direction. You'll get there. And the path was ahead of me. And before I knew it, of course, I was there. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. You want to honour God, honour God's name, 
and walk in a right relationship with him, to know his ways, you must read his word. You must be in the word. It was very important in those times that the scriptures were read, honoured and celebrated. We can't be too flippant with this collection of books. Jesus himself spoke from them. This sacred book, this collection of books, comes alive as you read it and meditate on it. God speaks and directs the Holy Spirit's Put it in your heart. This is relationship. This comes back to being the disciple. Not just because it's rules and regulations. I'm allowing God to change my heart. So many times when I find myself lacking or needing direction or encouragement, it's through God's sacred word to me that has given me that comfort and direction. Your walk is a long obedience in the same direction. You'll get there, like that path coming home from school. One foot in front of the other. But the difference is, Whereas I might have felt alone because all my mates had kind of tallied off, you're not alone. You're walking with God. Let it be a reality in your life. Be be aware of his presence at all times. As you walk with him, as you know your direction, as you honour his name, you're showing him love. You're, as it says in verse 12, serving him. And this is his essence. Love is his essence. He is holy. He is awesome. He is love. For God so loved the world that he sent Jesus for you. That's what we're going to remember at communion. The motive all along was love. The motive as you move forward into this year is love. God's love for you and the expectation that you'll love him back. And there's good news because in verse 13 he said all these things is for your own good. As we walk away from God, as the world walks away from God, we can see the mess as as I've strayed in the past and, and I'm sure at some point I will again as I Go down a wrong path. It's great to have that sat-nav to bring me back. It's great to have these sacred moments at communion to remind us of what's really important in walks with God. But it's for our own good. And we know this. I do miss us coming together. I do miss us worshipping together. It's great to read the word of God. It's great to share. It's great to see people's reactions. But much of what a preacher says, people, the established Christians already know. We've just got to be the disciples. We can set all these things in front of you. It's actually your responsibility to live that life that honours God, to do as he says, to love him back and to serve him. Most of the time we know. They knew it. They knew it. The Israelites knew it, but they disobeyed. And there was a resetting of the sat-nav, and Moses is pointing this out to him. He's summing up. He's summing up and he gave them those verses that I've already read to you. And when he summed it up right at the end of his life, just before he's handing uh, handing over to Joshua, in Deuteronomy 30, summing all of this up, he said this. Now what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It's not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven and get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask Who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us that we may obey it? He said, no, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. See, I set you before you today, life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and to keep his commands, decrees and laws. And then you will live and increase. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. 
But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Moses is the great evangelist. He sets before them life, death, blessings, curses. He only gives them one option. He says, choose life. He doesn't even want to contemplate them not choosing it. And that's the message of Christianity. That's for you this morning. Choose life. If you're a Christian already, choose this walking with God. Making it a reality, your journey with God. Staying close to God. Being a person who is led by God. If you're not someone who's a Christian, you can read these verses that someone has set before you today. Life, death, blessings, curses. Choose God and start to follow him. We'd love to help you in that. So please contact us. We believe it's really important. And this is where life in its fullness is found. Not the perfect life, but life where God will be with you. Choose life. For us that are walking with God and making it a reality already, choose life. Honour God. Keep his decrees because it's good for you in your life, in your work. If you're a husband, your wife, a boyfriend, girlfriend, in the church, the way we serve, if you're a parent, a child, in our, in our sacrificial lives, in our, in our fasting, our praying, our service to God, in our giving, we've got a gift day or thank offering coming up. We haven't had one of those for many years. Think about that. All of our, all of our worship towards God, to walk with God, choosing life, choosing God. There is life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life. Choose life. I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to break bread and drink wine together. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these words that are recorded by Moses. And all those years ago, they still resonate with us this morning. So I pray, Holy Spirit, you impart those onto our hearts. Lord, that we won't be just converts, we'll be disciples. We'll be Christians showing you to the world. Lord, we want to say to you this morning, sorry for the things where we've maybe gone astray. As we take communion, we recognise forgiveness is on offer, reconciliation and a new covenant. Lord, our prayer, as the song will sing soon, is this is my desire, is to honour you. Lord, with all our hearts we worship you. All we have within us we give you praise. All that we adore is in you. And we offer ourselves, Lord, we give you our hearts, we give you our souls. We want to live for you alone. Every breath we take, every moment we're awake, Lord, have your way in us. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, one of the sacred things we do is communion, the Lord's Supper. 
Uh, if we're obeying the word of God, this is what Jesus tells us to do. So it's not just an add-on. It's not something to be flippant about. It's something that's really important. It's, a, it's another way of bringing us back to God. A chance to say sorry for things that we've, we've not done quite right. Receive the forgiveness. Be set free from the guilt and the condemnation. Because we recognise that the bread represents the body of Christ. He's broken for us. He he. he he paved the way for us to go back to the Father, and that the blood is, uh, sorry, the wine represents His blood, which was shed for us. You know, Jesus died on that cross, but we're part of the new covenant, and we're we're assured of that because He rose again. So we have confidence moving forward. But it's right and proper. Um, I'll give thanks for the elements, and then I'm going to leave some time just for uh, just a minute on this video for you to bring your own things. Uh, to God. Lord, we thank you for the bread and the wine and what represents the body and blood of Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you opened a way for us to know God and to be with him forever. We thank you, Lord, we don't have to fear death. We thank you, Lord, that whatever circumstances we're in right now, good and bad, you stand with us. And Lord, when we read these verses I know for me I'm aware of my own failings, but I'm also aware that your word says, and you tell us to obey your word, that we should not condemn ourselves. Your word says in Romans 8, there is no condemnation now for those in Christ Jesus. Just after Paul himself had said, why do I do the things that I know I shouldn't do, and why don't I do the things I know I should? So in these moments we ask for forgiveness for where We've not really trodden the right path and ask you to bring us back, reset that sat-nav. And as we take communion, the bread and the wine, Lord, restore us again in this sacred time to you. Thank you, Lord, that your word says that you are faithful and that as we confess our sins, that you forgive us. Thank you, you're a loving God. We thank you that we can partake in this, this part of who we are as Christians that's been part of the Christian history through the ages. It's something that connects us globally around the world. So bless us as we take the bread and the wine. In Jesus' name, amen. Now it's important for me to say at this point that if you're not a Christian, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple, then at the moment this is not for you. This is for people that have committed their lives to Christ as a disciple, as people who are learning, they haven't got it all right, and they still get things wrong. But they acknowledge that and they know that Jesus paid for it. And so therefore, therefore they're response to that is to say thank you for paying for that in, in gratitude and love I'm going to follow you and he wants your life so if you feel like you're missing out which I can tell you you are and you want to become part of this then please contact us help us to introduce you to God 
which can only be possible through Jesus. And what we're doing now is remembering exactly that. It's only because of him. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus, after giving thanks, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. This is a sacred, holy moment. And we're connected as we take the bread, remembering his body given for us. So if you're at home now, take the bread and give thanks. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. Back in those times of Moses, there was lots of laws, rules, regulations. Very, very strict. You you couldn't really keep all of them. Jesus would have known all about that law. He would have known all these words. And when we look at them, when we look at the whole Bible, when you move forward and maybe read the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus actually amplifies them. He doesn't say it's, it's, it's not okay to commit murder. He's saying, actually, if you're really angry at someone with a brother, it's like you've committed murder in your heart. He's not saying don't commit adultery, only not, not commit adultery. He said, if you look lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. The standards are almost raised. We can't meet them, that there's something that we aim for. What he's showing us is that we can't know God without him. Because he pays for all of that. doesn't mean to say we take the laws and the decrees flippantly. It just means that we take Jesus seriously and we want to be disciples of his. Do the best we can in his strength with the help of the Holy Spirit. And what he's saying is this, this is the new covenant. This is the new covenant now where you're restored to God. We go to God through Jesus And we have relationship. And we can have that idea of walking with God as a reality. That's the new covenant. And to that we drink and bless God for it. You're going to sing now that song which I said a prayer. This is my desire to honour you. Thank you to the Johnsons for leading us in worship. What I'd encourage you is normally um, at communion services, we use it as a time not only to reflect, but also pray for those that are in need among us. So I would encourage you to look at the notice sheet and uh, or any other prayer needs that you're aware of. and Use this space um, here and after the service to pray for those in need. In the meantime, God bless you. Remember the thief only comes to steal, kill and destroy. Jesus comes that you might have life and have it to the full. Moses said, choose life. Let's, as we go through this year, as I walk out of this place, wherever you're going to go, we can't go too far at the moment, but wherever you are, let's make, if you like, our vision is a being a disciple. The work comes out of that, but living as a disciple, making walking with God, a reality all the time, not just the special occasions. I love you all. God bless you and we'll see you soon.